0: got dozens of letters saying my fireman Fred routine was a masterpiece. What was that? I'll have to remember it. That was a masterpiece, you know. You don't forget your masterpiece is very cool. I mean, that's like Beethoven sitting down and somebody says, say, I sure like that ninth symphony. He says, what do you mean? I only wore eight. And somebody says, no, the ninth was really a gasser, you know, with the schiller and all the voices. But I only wrote eight. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, that was a long one. Yeah. Oh, the time has now come for us to recognize some gouty old dolls. What do you mean? (laughs) No, tonight I'd like to take this uh, little time out here briefly. You know, we're living in an age when uh, old people are, if they're noticed at all, they're only noticed to be vilified. I mean, really old people, see? They're thrown away like Kleenex in the great, great scourge of life and they're packed off to this little cardboard house on the coast of Florida to sit and spend the rest of their life fighting the mosquitoes. And they're getting once in a while a, a Christmas card from the kids, you know, saying, I wish you were here, and don't you show up. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I'm going to salute a fantastic old Al. Uh, Salzburg, Austria. Carl Richter. Carl Richter, director of the Interborg Mountain Motor Cop. It's a big cable car. Could not get anyone to test his new safety belt. So he had his 80 year old mother trying out by dangling in midair and being lowered 180 feet to the ground. Did you hear that? He took his 80 year old mother and had her dangling 180 feet from the ground and had her lowered by the safety belt. Let's give the old doll a salute, Keith. <laughs> That's my son to have in the Berg Mountain cable car. He's a very good... <luded> <air> All right, hold it there. Now, reset that, if you will. If you will, Keith, reset that. We have another old doll here we want to salute. This one's from England. Duda- <toys> Peace Haven, England. The first and last batch of homemade beer... Of Mrs. Joyce Hall, 72, was a knockout. She took a few sips of her potent brew and did not remember another thing until she was arrested 50 miles away in Croydon, Surrey for breaking a police station window in that town. (laughs) Oh, look at that old town. All right, let's give her a salute. (laughs) Shepard puts his kazoo down on the desk. I'm so glad I got it back from Martha Dean. Martha, you know how she is. Yeah, she stole it from me months ago. She stepped on the end of it, though, I noticed. By the way, uh, speaking of, uh, <laughs> of uh, that old gal... Of course, everywhere people are in battle. There's no question about it. The old gal hanging from the cable car. And this one, I, li- I like the picture of this. What a, what a great little... 30-minute TV show it would make with Margaret Rutherford. You know, she's making her beer in the kitchen there and uh, she takes a sip of it and the next scene we see her reeling down the street in uh, Surrey throwing rocks at the police station. (laughs) What is it? What is is the phrase that they use there? Uh, In wine there is truth. There is. There is. And uh, I'll tell you, I've said some bad things once in a while after a martini. I- I'm very careful about that. <laughs> in fact, in fact, I had a, I had a terrible experience once like that. Now I'm sure that this old doll, if you, you were to ask her when she's totally cold sober, you know, what she thinks of the fuzz and, and especially the police of Croydon, Sussex, you <laughs> splendid gentleman, you give her a snifterful, full. And she's down there throwing rocks through the window. Now, that's, again, in wine there is truth. It's definitely true. And I remember one time I was at this luncheon. Well, you got to be very careful. You see, I wonder how many guys have lost their jobs because of a desperate moment in a luncheon, you know, a business-type luncheon, and they've, they've shoveled down this beef eater martini, and uh, the waiter brings him another one, and he sees the, uh, he sees the lemon peel bobbing around by his nose, and he looks over, and there's C.G. Bullard sitting opposite him, you know, the guy with all the laps uh, hanging down, you know, the big guy <laughs> from the main office. And all of a sudden it hits him, how funny he looks. And he says it. And 20 minutes later, he's working for IBM, door-to-door. But uh, <laughs> incidentally, did you ever have a, a relative who ever worked anything door-to-door? Well, no, I, I, my Uncle Al one time was selling suits door to door. Now that sounds like a joke to you, but it's true. Uh, they used to, have, yes, in the back pages of magazines, when I was a little kid, they used to have a thing that says, earn big dough. It says, uh, be your own boss. Make money selling magnificently hand tailored suits door to door. It says, uh, your friends and neighbors and relatives will clamor to buy these magnificent handcrafted suits. Well, I want to tell you, the friends and neighbors that I know, they were clamoring to get out the back window when old Uncle Al showed up with his suits. They were the worst-looking... They were made out of sandpaper. (laughs) They were the worst-looking... Poor Uncle Al, so-and-so... But, of course, that's another story. You know, know, he said this is all part of human adversity. It's just part of it. Like, uh, I just got a note here. It says, Dear Shepard, your recent appraisal of the Philadelphia Bluebirds made me think that it would not be a bad idea... To go down and cheer Richie Allen. So, <laughs> so I bought a box heat section along the first baseline for a Saturday game, which will come up 10 days or so from now. And I plan to go about doing my thing somehow like this. He's going to do He's going to have a big neon painted banner, you know, with that orange uh, glow, day glow sign type stuff. He's got a big orange paint that says, uh, Yay, Richie. He's going to hold it up say, Yay, Richie. Or something like that. He's gonna erect penance, dress myself in an orange hard hat, the type that construction workers wear, and he's gonna have little stickers all over it, you know, yay Richie Allen stickers all over it, and he's gonna bust hell out of a bass drum, he's gonna have an electric megaphone, cowbells, auto horns, and a yacht horn, you know, the kind with the with the uh, aerophone thing, whoop, you know, it goes every time Richie just sticks his head out of the dugout. He says, That thing alone is loud enough to have me evicted. But imagine it over an electric megaphone. He's going to shoot the the yacht horn into an electric megaphone every time Richie Allen gets up. So, come on, let's hear it a little there. I'm going to salute that guy. It takes guts, friend. He says, of course, I expect to get thrown out, and so do my cowardly friends, who will be sitting in the stands, of course, doing nothing. They're just going to sit and watch while I get tossed out. But if I do get pounced, it will be a perfect ending to a truly great gag. Imagine, about three... 1,522 fans are out there booing Allen every second. And along comes one guy to cheer him, and he gets thrown out. Da, 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 da. Hooray, Richie Allen, hooray! Da, 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 da. Ah. hooray Richie Allen. we love you! Yeah, yeah, yeah! Hooray. Richie Allen, you are not a fake, not a fake. Oh, uh, Richie Allen, you he really swing a bat. Oh, them boobers are idiots. They're out of their skulls. They're awful from of Philadelphia. You know what that means. Oh, Richie Allen, the city of brother love is just a sham, 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 sham. Oh, Richie Allen, hooray for you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Richie ain't no good. All those boobers yelling. But Richie Allen puts them in the other deck every time Oh, Richie yeah, oh, poo to the Phillies, poo to the Phillies, poo, 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 Richie Allen, yeah, 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 yeah. We love, love you, Oh, Richie Allen, give it to him again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Richie Allen's gonna get traded. Then he's gonna murder the Phillies every day. Every time he gets up, and look out, look out, forget it. Oh. Yeah, just, you know... Now, see, my music probably is not relevant, but, uh... Oh, no, 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 not in the true relevant soul sense. My music is purely cerebral. You can have all your soul stuff. My music deals strictly with the brain, the intellect, the intelligence, and the cerebral side of man. By the way, speaking of the cerebral side of man, we'd like to salute the uh, New York Times, the silly section a couple of weeks ago... You might have missed it, and you sure missed a chance to really hit the jackpot big. Manufacturer's Closeout. 1,400 pieces of first quality bubble gum. Retail, <laughs> first quality. A retail value, $14. Our price, $5.98, plus 75 cents handling. Here's a tremendous supply. One year, two year, five years, depending on how much you chew. You bubblegum fans, here's your chance to buy bubblegum at the new wholesale prices. Satisfaction guaranteed. Let's go with the Times there, please, if you will. All oh, right, enough of that, enough of that, enough of that. Hey, you can buy a real baby shark, too, for the Times. Oh, I mean it. There's a picture of it. I mean, it's in a plastic tube. It says caught by a hook and line. I don't know what good that does. It says wonderful trophy. Trophy of what, friend? Ain't no trophy unless you caught it, Daddy. Speaking of sharks, this is W-O-R. We're in New York. Old fun city here. And uh... A message for those who enjoy Diet Colas. Diet Pepsi is here with the cyclamates out and tasting all the better for it. New Diet Pepsi Cola contains a little bit of natural sugar that actually improves its taste and still has less than a third of the calories in a regular cola. In your stores now. Look for the Diet Pepsi cartons with the bright yellow band announcing sugar added, no cyclamates. Diet Pepsi. Try it. Someone will be watching. Peg Hines has been tossing and turning for an hour. Listen to what's going on inside her head. My best crystal. Can't you follow instructions? Peg, turn it off and get to sleep. With night all, it's different. Laboratory tests prove nitol dissolves twice as fast as any other leading tablet. Helps you get to sleep fast, wake up alert, non-habit forming too. Nitol. with a good housekeeping seal. Yeah, yeah, Yellow yeah. is my beer. My beer, my beer. I love it tall and gold. Yeah. Makes it right, 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 right. and I'll tell you, I love it tall and cold. Yeah, tall, man. tall, tall, tall. Cold. more and more people. Yeah, we switch it to Miller. Miller, Miller. now Miller. you pour yourself a Miller, 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 highlight beer, Miller. and you got it made, Miller, Miller. 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 I didn't know until I made the big switch. Yeah, Miller. Miller makes it right. Right, right, yeah, that's right. You can enjoy and groove. Groove. If you got yourself a good cold ice coal, I mean, Miller. I like Miller. Miller beer is the makes it right. Makes it right. Makes it right. You know, you know how it is. This is W-R, I repeat. Don't get mad at poor old WABC. They're just sitting down there blapping away with their rock. You know? Yes, sir. The guy wrote to me and says, the only, well, that's a, you know, personal here. Oh, here's a poor old cluck in Brunsville, Virginia. For 25 years, John H. Folks, 69, waited in this remote Allegheny Mountain community to establish telephone service, finally, to the outside world. When the Williamsville Mountain Grove Telephone Company made the final hookups after 25 years of waiting, poor old man Folks was one of the first to have his phone installed. He waited around standing next to it for two weeks. It did not ring. And finally, two weeks to a day after it was installed, after 25 years of waiting, it rang, and it was the wrong number. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, Mabel! He picks up. Oh, hello, yeah. Hello, Mabel, Mabel! Ain't nobody named Mabel here. Hello! Oh, please put the. Oh, that's that's life, Frank. That tells more about us than you know Frank. See now, uh, can we salute the poor old Richie Allen crowd there. Hey, you know that is a great, great idea. Oh yeah, crowd psychology is fascinating. You know, <laughs> well, once they turn on you, it is like the piranha. Oh, of course that's always the way it is. I, I, I've noticed that uh, uh, for years. Uh, I've noticed that almost invariably the best guy on any team is the guy that gets booed the most. You notice that? It's never the 192 utility infielder. Never. In fact, I remember when poor old uh, Mickey Mantle was playing out here at Yankee Stadium. They used to, Do you remember, Keith, when they used to boo him every time he showed up? Here he is playing. Yeah. Oh, very few Yankee fans even remember that, you know. Today when they talk, you know, they so fatuously. Yeah, yeah. I'll bet if, if, uh, if anyone could ever get Phil Rizzuto to really talk, He'd probably say some of the stuff that uh, Mickey Mantle actually said about the Yankee fans when he's uh, sitting in the, uh, you know, in the dressing room. There, I've been in that dressing room many times. A great dressing room. And uh, he's sitting in the dressing room and he's sweating and, you know, he's going three for four against the Tigers, and he's got the ace bandages all over his legs. You know, and there's blood coming out of his thigh. He always had that problem. See, break blood vessels. And Mantle is sitting there, and he drove in six runs, you know, two home runs, a double, and a triple today. Made a fantastic catch out in center field, and the boo birds were yelling because the Yankees lost nine to eight and blamed it on Mantle. And the oh, they used to do that always. I want to kill him. And 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 I, I'd love to know what Mantle really said, you know, as opposed to the uh, you know the Mel Allen version. Gee, fans, I thought I gave my best, but don't worry. Tomorrow we'll come back and give them our best, right, fans? Oh yeah, I'll bet. Oh, yeah. I'm for I'm for Richie Allen. I'm taking a pro Richie Allen stand here. I really am. Richie Allen is the Ted Williams of our day. And Ted Williams was hated. And, oh, boy, they used to hate Williams. In fact, Williams became famous, you see, for his famous uh, zoom our lens whammy. Did you hear what Ted Williams once did? In front of television audience, they're all booing him, saying, Williams, you know, great ball proponent. Probably one of the greatest ball players of, uh, you know, the past 50 years, obviously. And, uh, of course, the the, uh, the chowder heads of Boston, uh, another deep-thinking crew. I mean, they're out, boo, 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 every time Williams, you know, he's only, you know, 694 home runs. He was at two wars, you know, he flew a jet plane, was shot down a career, did, you know, did it all, see. And these little, you know, these these little clutches that work at the AFP are sitting out there. They paid their $2, you know, to get in. So it was a, boo, boo, you bomb, you phony, boo, boo, you know, yelling, oh, yeah, nothing like a Boston family's in heat. That's fantastic. And uh, so Ted Williams, he's walking around out there. You remember the famous day when he did this? Oh, well, what a story! Uh, you know they are booing, see. And Williams gets up and he belts one out of the park. See, that that made him even matter. Nothing makes a fan matter than to be booing some guy and call him a phony. See, and he hits one 728 feet. say, right over the used car lot, you <laughs> know, seven miles out to the river. Well, then when the guy comes trotting around. That's, you know, it's a terrible shot in the head to a guy who's calling another guy phony. So he comes trotting around, touches third, he crosses home plate, and to a man, the Boston deep thinkers, the chowder heads of Beantown, rose as a great avenging horde of locusts. See, boo, 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 phony, phony, boo, lucky, whoa, what a lucky shot, boo. They're yelling, see. Well, Williams goes into the dugout. You got it? He disappears in the dugout, See? With that, the camera picks him up. See, you see him going to the dugout. The announcer says, well, there goes Ted Williams in the dugout after his 29th home run of the year. And the fans are certainly riding him today. Boo, 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 boo. With that, Williams turns. As they zoom in on him, he sticks his head out of the dugout. And he gave a famous sign. Oh, no, that ain't the sign. Oh, no. It's an old, yes, that's right. Now you're getting It's an old Italian salute. That, uh, that uh, <laughs> somehow... <laughs> oh, Boston, Boston, you missed the point again. Do, do, do. Oh, Richie And I understand that he also said something. I mean, to add to it, you know, little words underneath it, like uh, subtitles. In case you missed the point of the gesture, you know what it meant. And they say that they picked him up on a zoom lens and it was clearly seen by 722 million TV viewers. And not one of them missed what he said. <laughs> Even the ladies that were running the Boy Scouts. Oh, Ted Williams, Richie Allen, all the other guys. We love you. Don't take any more lip from those chowder heads sitting back up third base. Richie Allen's too good for the third. Your and they know it That's what bugs them even more <inaudible> Yeah, I'm playing real good there yes, Sir, <laughs> That was a famous story You know, speaking of angry people i a story here that uh, You know, this is a potpourri night This is potpourri night and uh, we got a little story here that you think you ought to know. Every place in the world, people are getting bugged. I mean, they're doing stuff, and they don't know what it's about. I think it's life or something they're bugged at. But uh, here's a little note from Moscow. It's even happening in Moscow, friends. A police station in Sarstov received a letter. And this is from the New York Times, so it's official. A police station in Saratov received a brief letter at the police station saying, I, P.V. I repeat, I, P. V. Taranoff, herewith pledge that in the future, I shall commit acts of hooliganism in my apartment only. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, you can't, you know, if it's a consenting adult, you can't say anything about an act of hooliganism that is isn't performed in the privacy of the sanctity of the home. Uh, I, I understand that. Of course, that's part of Western culture. And um, we salute it. Uh, by the way, speaking of that, how long has it been since you've performed a good, you know, really good, exciting act of hooliganism? And uh, <laughs> what is hooliganism, anyway? That's a, that's, a, that's a word that they always use. That's, that's a Russian word, it seems like. They always accuse people of hooliganism. Now, let's see here. Oh, oh yes, we have another one here. we got to salute another guy, another poor fighter against, uh, you know, all it is. Cincinnati, United Press International. Frederick A. Young... 48, and by the way, I wonder why in our country, after every after every name that's in the paper, they have a little a little comma, and after the comma comes a number. In other words, why does every story have the guy's agent? Does it matter whether, you know, if a guy's 26, or if he's 52, if he gets mugged and robbed? I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, we've really got to hang up on that. Frederick A. Young, 48, was fined $100, and sent to the city workhouse of Cincinnati for ten days, for shooting arrows at a post office near his home. Young told criminal court judge Thomas Heakin yesterday he shot the arrows because he and we quote him here. I mean he was really bugged. He's mad at him. He said he was angry because a post office employee gave his mailbox key to Young's wife. <laughs> I don't blame him, man. You never know when he's going to get the mail there. All right, all right. That's enough, Keith. Oh, man, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. I'm looking at the letter here. What an obscene letter. It's terrible. Uh, Hey, Lee. Hey, how much time? Tell him to wait a minute. How much time? You don't know, huh? Okay, very good. I hate to interrupt my producer in there. Ask how much time we got. Oh, uh, by the way, speaking of uh, time... You uh, to uh, I can't believe this. This guy says terrible thing. He says, "Shepard, how do you combat quote the family that stays together stays together? We're number one." He says, "It's sickening." In the school, pro- <laughs> in the school program office, well, togetherness, kid, is always kind of nice. You know, speaking of uh, togetherness, uh, a couple of days ago, here on the uh, this little whammy here, a couple of days ago, I talked about the uh, snakes. You remember when I was talking about snakes? You know, everybody gets real scared when I mention snakes. And I got a letter from a guy that says, Shepard, what do you know about snakes? You know, we I mean, he says, boy, if you came from someplace like Idaho or someplace, you'd really know about snakes. Get it out of your skull. I have brought this in tonight to prove something to you. This is going into my vast file of uh, true evidence, true evidence against, that I'm keeping against the public, you know. I keep thinking I'm a think, so I'm putting this evidence here. This is true evidence, and here it is. There's a guy sneaking in. Who is he? Up, yep, he snuck out again. Boy, you can tell sneaky kinds had no hair at all. Absolutely, totally bald. Uh, you can't, you can't trust that type. It says uh, Lagrange, Indiana. Now listen carefully, Lagrange, Indiana. You know where is it? Lagrange, Indiana. You don't. Well, I'll tell you, Lagrange, Indiana is about 14 miles from the town where I festered as a youth. And I want to tell you what they said in the paper, Associated Press. LaGrange, Indiana, playground supervisors at Orland Grade School near this northern Indiana community are now busily at work and learning how to treat snake bites. The school custodian, Samuel Ringler, said he killed 14 rattlesnakes on the school ground last week alone. <laughs> at least six others got away. So far, nobody's been bitten. Now, 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 now! Remember what I used to tell you? Many times I have told you that uh, we used to have rattlesnakes all over the place when I was a kid out there, and uh, I mean they were as common as a—oh, uh, I suppose you might say garter snakes are in Plainfield. You know, you run into a garter snake once in a while. What do you mean? I got a letter from a kid the other day he said he's been dating one for two months. Well, that's too bad, kid, but, uh, you know, know, did you know that snakes get colds? That's sad. I mean, it's a cold-blooded animal gets a cold, but uh, its nose runs, too. And if you see a snake whose nose is running, remember this. Uh, Snakes, when they get a cold, they get a terrible headache, and they get in a rotten temper. Just rotten. You know how you are when you get a cold? That's right. You yell at everybody, and, you know, you kick the spittoons over and all that stuff. Well, if you ever run into a rattlesnake that has a cold friend. Get out of the way. You're left with no kneecap. That's all. Zap. Well, I, <laughs> one day, <laughs> I don't know why. It's just a crazy show here tonight. I'll tell you, though, about snakes uh, and rattlesnakes. You know, we used to have this this thing in school all the time where they, they, they'd say uh, uh, to bring it in and describe it. You always have to bring something in and describe it. Like uh, the teacher would say, now, next Thursday, uh, what do they call it? There was a day like They'd call it the bring and tell. Or, Trick and tell, or something. Yeah, we're, we're getting our official, uh, uh, our, our research department. Yes? Show and tell, very good. Our research department is on the ball. It's a vast computer in there. And, uh, vast, yeah. And, uh, nevertheless, hey, you know, you are getting vast. What is it there, huh? Putting away all the macaronis, huh? But, uh, <laughs> nevertheless, all, all jesting aside, friends, uh, uh we had the show and tell, see. And uh, we used to bring in stuff, and, and uh, you know, they bring in little things like a yo-yo. Uh, one kid brought in his mother's girdle, that kind of stuff. And, and uh, sure, you know, you find stuff around the house, you bring it in. I remember one time Flick brought something in, and I'll tell you, it was unbelievable. He found it in the alley, but that's something else. Oh, boy, it was Miss Robinette bugged at that one. She asked him where he got it, you know, and he tried to fake it. He said it was mine. She says yours. <laughs> you know, he didn't want to say he found it in the alley, you know, <laughs> back at a used car lot. But uh, nevertheless, it was an exciting afternoon there, and uh, show and tell, I may tell you, more teachers see groovy stuff when that comes around, so uh, one day, uh, Alex Josue, he's going to surprise everybody, see, so uh, show and tell, time comes, and uh, they can do it alphabetically, see, they, they start out in the front with Eileen Akers. And, uh, of course, Esther Jane Alberry, they get up there and they show a doily their mother made, their, their, you know, a jar of jelly that their grandma canned, that kind of stuff. You know, girl stuff, see. So it works its way all the way down. Everybody's bored. And they get up and you, you have to talk about it, you see. Because I I am here. I want to show you this. This was made by my Uncle Fred. And it's a big bottle of, uh, you know, uh, of, uh, of beer that he made in the basement. My Uncle Fred is now in jail. And he writes me letters. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you like that, huh? I don't know why I'm so funny tonight. I mean, I have no right to be. But uh, nevertheless, no, I mean, you know, not being on a Johnny Carson show and all that, I had no right to be funny. So uh, nevertheless, one day, uh, we're sitting in there and everybody's going through a show-and-tell, which is like about every couple of weeks, Miss uh, Robinette, when she felt, you know, miserable, didn't want to say anything in class, she'd have a show-and-tell time. You just sit up there and see the kids are bringing the doilies and, the, uh, the, you know, the grape jelly and stuff. And, the, you know, one guy brought in the girdle. But uh, one day, the biggest moment that ever happened in show and tell, Alex Josway's up there. By the way, Josway went on to become a really tough football player. And, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was known as the Four Hunkies. And uh, yeah, he was in a football team. Now, now wait a minute, I'm just gonna tell you the truth. And, and it was an all Hungarian backfield. I'm not inventing it. That's just, that's a, this was out of. Do you know that that you hear this this phrase? They keep using the word honky. That is from hunky. That's a that's a phrase that was probably heard by somebody and misread. That, that it is. I'll tell you. The, you're, you're interested in etymology, aren't you? Etymology has nothing to do with growing potatoes, friends. Etymology has to do with the origin of simple American and English words, phrases, and so. Uh, nevertheless, uh, Joshua later went on to become this fantastic football player. See, and he's uh, at this point. He's a little squat kid. He's about uh, oh three and a half feet tall, roughly. He's about four, maybe five feet wide, and he's got this sloping forehead and his hair grew right down, you know, right down to the end of his nose. He had this, you know, beetling brow, Alec Josway, and uh, it was kind of like a human bowling ball. See, so. Joshua, well you know, he was one of the guys. Everybody dug Joshua, So, but he was very dumb. See, the thing about Jossey, you know, oh, everybody likes dumb people. They do. Stupid people no. Dumb people yes. Uh, now, a dumb guy, a good example of a dumb guy was Mortimer Snurd. Uh, you know, the dumb guy. You, you remember Mortimer Snurd? Charlie McCarthy? Well, Mortimer Snurd was fifty times funnier than Charlie McCarthy. He was, he was really, really dumb. See, he wasn't stupid. He was dumb. So uh, people genuinely like dumb guys, and all throughout history, dumb characters have been have been very you know have been favorites in, in uh, theater and stuff. For example, uh, well, I'll tell you, a dumb guy was Pluto the pup, Horace Horsecollar. Uh, who can forget? Uh, you know, uh, they're, they're dumb people. So uh, Joss Wait was the, he was the Dumbo of of the fifth grade class. He was just a dumb, klutzy guy, very funny and dumb. So, uh, but not stupid. So, uh, that's very different. I make the differentiation, and I'm tonight saluting the dumb guys. Here's what it... we want to salute all you dumb heads out there? You dumb clucks that make life worth living. Yeah. The ones that write in the coupons that demand instant satisfaction. Who love the 248th rerun of the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. So, the dumb clucks, what would we do without you? Oh, chowder heads, we love you one and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sitting out there in the Route 3 diner, yelling around and bowling. where are your goofy shirts from Sears. No, fuck da up, too. Oh, dumb heads, we love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down at the Dairy Queen, buying up ice cream cones. Waiting in line at the bells, Yeah, buying used Dodges. Oh, dumb bells, dumb heads, chowder heads, one and all. We salute these dumb. All ah, right, that's enough of that. That's enough. Can't give them too much. They'll be out here yelling. Oh, yeah, I like dumb people. And, yeah, you know, I I, I uh, feel with them. I'm, I'm with them. they simpatico. See, I, I recognize my people. And I think we should all stick together. We recognize our people. So old old Joshua gets up there, you see, and it's, it's show and tell. We've had all these doilies. And Joshua says, here is something, what I found in the swamp. And Everybody expects it to be a shell, you know, or maybe a maybe a crawdad, he says, I found this in a swamp, and he has a shoebox. And, you know, well, there's a big, regular big shoebox, and it's got holes in it. I want to show what I found in the swamp, and I caught it. I ran around, I chased it, and I caught it, and I brought it here to show you on show-and-tell day. My mother doesn't know that I got it here. And he opens it up, and whap! Out of this box comes this fantastic, and he goes, Whah! And it looks around. Have you ever seen a rattlesnake, Friends, in a fifth-grade classroom? Yipe. I'll tell you this. Miss Robinette. She bounced off the ceiling. She skittered around the walls. You know, she was caroming off the walls, screaming and yelling, you know. Miss Robinette. Now, here was a teacher who was supposed to save us from bad stuff. You know that Miss Robinette beat everybody in the class out to the playground and she was leading the crowd. Now, Joshua was standing there with a snake. You know? <laughs> the only guy that cheered was Albert Farkas, who was also a dumb guy. See, Farkas wished that he'd have thought of that instead of bringing in the hand grenade that he brought in, you know. <laughs> Which he threw, you know, in the back of the room. He says, Watch what this does. Pow. Well, you know, it's a, a show and tell was very exciting. And uh, Josway brought in a rattlesnake. I am not inventing it, I'm telling you the truth. Well, that was nothing because we used to. <laughs> Well, you know, I don't. It's funny uh, when you live with something like that. You're not as you know not afraid of it. <laughs> you're not as afraid of it as other people. You know, it's 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 true. I, I I'm I'm sure that a guy who lives someplace you know nothing but marijuana grown for four thousand miles around him, he doesn't. He's not afraid of drugs. You know, it's just a just a thing. say well, we 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 used to go out. <laughs> well, you want to hear about another show and tell? Oh, listen, I can tell you some bad ones. In fact, it got so bad in sixth grade that they cut it out. Because guys were using it for personal self-expression. And, uh, you know, by the way, speaking of personal self-expression, I would like to salute a student which I just read about in Taiwan, the mysterious Chinese in Taiwan. And uh, this student came in, and the teacher had been bugging him for maybe uh, two or three days about the fact that he was not handing in his uh, his lessons. Did you hear about this? It was in the Times. So on the fourth day, the student was bugged. You know, this guy, this uh, Chinese... Uh, The professor is telling him to get his lessons in. So with that, on the fourth day, the student comes in with an axe and in front of the rest of the class, beheaded the principal. (laughs) He did! Just came in and whacked. That was the end of him. Lopped his old bean right off. I'm not inventing it. So all right, kids. If you think you're a good protester, man... You are nothing. You don't know nothing about protesting. You think sitting around in Dean's office and tearing up draft cards makes it. <laughs> 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 Out of suit, Alex Joshua. Oh, rattlesnakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We we had plenty of rattlesnakes. And, uh, sure. Well, we used to have guys get bitten by them once in a while. I'll tell you the ones that we were scared of. We weren't scared of rattlers. We're scared of uh, of the water moccasins. Those were the babies that scared us. Um, now, you never know. You know why, don't you? Because they were always in the water, and they, you couldn't see them. And you go, uh, you know, you go wading in the water, uh, trying to sane up uh, crawfish and all that, and whap! Oh boy, what <laughs> oh, they were mean ones. But uh, now I just read this to you tonight, so that you would know. Now that town was about oh ten miles or so from uh, where I lived, the uh, uh, Laporte, rather. Laporte. You know, I'll tell you something about Laporte. It's funny. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm going to tell you this, but, uh, it's funny about, uh, Laporte. They had a football team. You know, it's, uh, every time, when you, when you, uh, when you read a paper, you know, you're sitting here reading papers and, uh, and you look at things and you read different items. If you look at the towns where they happen, and, uh, you just, without thinking, you just instinctively have a, uh, a reaction-like. You have a... You have a... A kind of a... a train of... Consequential thoughts. They, they go in, in sequence. Uh, you know, what they call word association. Actually, town association is even more... Uh, you know, this is really it. Like, uh, I picked up paper the other day, see, and I was out of town. In fact, I was in Boston. I'll tell you, friend, when you're in Boston, you're out of town. And uh, I was out of town, see... And I picked up a paper, and there was a there was an item that said New York. Now, I don't know what the item was about. It was just New York, and that's home. See, so that's my home. Well, uh, I sat there. and was in this hotel room, and it uh, just sort of hit me all of it, you know, New York, and I could smell the garbage and hear the yelling, you know, the fist fighting on 6th Avenue and all that stuff, and, the, you know, the whole business and the George Washington tunnel and all of it, It just... Hit me, you know, New York, and I don't know why. Why I thought of this, I thought of a crummy delicatessen. It just hit me, a crummy lousy deli that I used to go to, on uh, uptown, just north of Fifty Seventh Street. There was this deli, and uh, boy, what a clip joint! You know, there's certain delis here in New York that are open at two and three o'clock in the morning, and they get a special kind of trade. You know, they get the, the chorus girls. Uh, 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 guys that dance in choruses you know it's a very special kind of trade see? and they come in with their poodles and all that stuff and uh, I don't know whether they're paying penance or what but the, you give them two slices of American cheese and they'll pay a dollar and a half for it just like that and, and I'm sitting in this hotel room in Boston and all of a sudden I think of that crummy rotten deli I used to go in there you know it was the only game in town and i go in there and i say I want a can of beer and the guy'd say that's two dollars I'd say a can of beer two dollars two dollars you take it or leave it only game of town, you know. So I bought it. So I'm thinking of this. While I'm sitting here tonight, I think of LaPorte, Indiana. LaPorte, Indiana had a football team. And they were called the LaPorte Slicers. And uh, we went to play the LaPorte Slicers one time. I played football. And our ball club went to this place to play LaPorte, the Slicers of LaPorte. We arrived, and it was an afternoon game. You don't want to hear the rest of this, do you? Oh you do it was an afternoon game say and we lined up for the kickoff and Josway was in the backfield we go in, you know we're lining back at the kickoff Josway says those guys don't look right he says what is this those guys don't look right down here and it was only later after the ball game and about seven of us had been carted off with busted necks that we discovered there were five ringers playing for this, the Laport club. Yeah, there was one guy that was 48 years old had played two years with the, with the Cardinals, you know. Another guy was a center he was a center for the Bears for three years, you know. He was 46. And so they just pulverized us. And I remember Joshua saying, What is it? What's going on? What's happening? These guys, where do they get these old guys? And so every little thing, you know, you sit around your life, you pick up these little uh, word associations. I'd like to salute Joshua tonight. And don't forget all you dumbheads out there. Don't be sad. The world needs dumbheads. That's right. As a matter of fact, your time is coming. It's just over the horizon, Prince. Just over the horizon. So stick with it, there, Dad. Stick with it. Give me a little salute there. Salute them. That's it. Very good. That was good. Very good. <laughs>